Welcome to another edition of Sean's Sports Show. This is episode number 79, and I am coming at you live from Los Angeles, California. Um, today, I'm going to be reporting the breaking news in sports, as well as uh, covering the results of the Los Angeles sports teams, and um, that's about it. Uh, and as promised on my uh, Instagram, uh, I said I'm going to be giving a hot take on the Houston Rockets and Golden State Warriors series. That is going to... Um, you know, I'm going to do that a bit later in the episode, so stay tuned for that. So the first thing that I'm going to be reporting has to do with NBA basketball. Uh, Dwayne Casey helped lead the Toronto Raptors to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. However, after falling to the Cavs in the four games in the second round, he was fired. Now the Detroit Pistons reportedly have interest as Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported Casey is, quote, a primary target in Detroit's search. Wojnarowski also reported the Pistons hired Memphis Grizzlies executive Ed Stefanski as a senior advisor, and he'll oversee the hiring of a coach and general manager. Casey was named the finalist for the NBA's Coach of the Year award alongside Brad Stevens of the Boston Celtics and Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz after leading the Raptors to a 59-23 record, the best mark of his seven seasons as the head coach. He won the 2008 Michael H. Goldberg NBCA Coach of the Year award, which, quote, recognizes the dedication, commitment, and hard work of NBA head coaches, according to NBA.com. His defensive schemes allowed the Raptors to finish with the league's fifth-best defensive rating during the season, per NBA.com, but the offensive overhaul stood out most. Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer wrote that, quote, Casey successfully overhauled Toronto's system to improve ball movement and shot selection. DeMar DeRozan started shooting more threes and playmaking, and as a result, had a career-best season. The result was an offense was an offense that was third in the league in offensive rating per NBA.com, far ahead of a Detroit team that could use its own changes after finishing 19th. The Pistons fired Stan Van Gundy after going 37 and 45 in 2016-17 and 39 and 43 this season, but there's uh, reason for optimism. The trio of Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, and Reggie Jackson uh, gives whoever the next coaches playmakers to work with. Uh, so, you know, personally, I. Uh, I think this is a good move for Casey, and I think it's a great move for the Pistons, you know, considering the fact that Casey, you know, turned turned the Raptors completely around well, with, you know, so I, I like I like the move mutually here. So switching gears now to uh, football, the CFL. Hamilton Tiger, Cat, Tiger Cats head coach June Jones expects uh, Johnny Manziel to serve as the backup to Jeremiah Masoli for the entire 2018 CFL season. According to ESPN.com's Mike Rodak, uh, Jones said after Wednesday's practice, quote, I would say Jeremiah is doing very, very well until something uh, creates for me to take him out of, out, of, out of there. I would say he'll be our starter for the whole year, hopefully, and win the Grey Cup. Manzel signed with the Tiger Cats on Saturday and made a two-year commitment to play for the team. The 29-year-old uh, Masoli, who, who played collegiately at Oregon and Ole Miss, has been Hamilton's um, primary starter in each of the past two seasons. In 2017, Masoli threw for 3,177 yards, 15 touchdowns, and 5 interceptions, while rushing for 446 yards and 4 touchdowns. While Johnny Football is currently uh, viewed as a backup, Ticats wide receiver Jalen Saunders expresses belief Wednesday that Manziel looks to be in fine form. Cody looks like himself out there. He made some great plays running around and whatnot. He's been throwing. His arm looks live. He's older, more mature now. He has the pro experience from the NFL. He has some things he's picking up as we're going, but he looks great out here. With the exception of the Spring League, the 25-year-old Manziel last played a competitive game of football in 2015. After Manziel's successful collegiate career at Texas A&M, which included his winning the Heisman Trophy, Heisman Trophy, excuse me, the Cleveland Browns selected him with the number 22 overall pick in the 2014 NFL Draft. 
In two seasons with the Browns, Manziel went 2-6 as a starter and finished with 1,675 passing yards, 7 touchdowns and 7 interceptions, as well as 259 rushing yards and 1 rushing touchdown. Off-the-field issues led to his release, but Manziel will have a chance to rebuild his value in Canada even if the initial plan is for him to sit and learn behind Masoli. Uh, you know, so personally, I think this, uh, for the team, uh, the, the Tiger Cats, I think this is the smart move at the moment, but I think eventually you're going to have to put Manziel in there unless... You know, unless he's just not performing. But I think eventually they're going to have to make that tough choice. So now, uh, switching gears to the NFL. The NFL reportedly used the consulting firm to poll Americans' opinions on quarterback Colin Kaepernick's free agency during the 2017 season. Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports reported the league had a firm of uh, the, had a firm co-founded by then-NFL Communications Chief Joe Lockhart. The Glover Park Group uh, conducted the poll. The survey had questions on a number of NFL-related issues alongside Kaepernick, who was the only specific player mentioned. Roger Goodell was reportedly among the NFL executives who received the answers to the poll questions. The former San Francisco 49ers quarterback filed a grievance against the league in October. He argued NFL owners colluded to keep him, keep him unsigned after he protested racial injustice and police brutality by kneeling during, during the national anthem. According to Robinson, the poll asked fans if they thought Kaepernick should be signed and whether they thought his decision to not stand during the anthem was the reason he wasn't with the team. Quote, the poll could create a significant point of contention in Kaepernick's collusion complaint against the NFL, raising the question of why the league conducted opinion research with its fan base around the former San Francisco 49ers quarterback, Robinson wrote. The existence of polling data on Kaepernick could also raise the question of whether the research went beyond high-ranking NFL executives to ownership groups or other team personnel who could have signed the quarterback. On Monday, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk reported the collusion investi investigation revealed internal franchise documents suggesting some teams viewed Kaepernick as, a t as talented enough to remain a starter in the league. The topic of protest during the anthem has been in the headlines again this week, as I've been covering, after the league ins instituted a new policy prior to the 2018 season just yesterday. Ian Rapport of NFL Network uh, shared the new rules, as, I as did I, which require players to stand for the anthem if they are on the field, with teams subject to fines if, if their players do not stand. Players have the option to remain in the locker room until the song ends if they don't want to stand. So I think that uh, this is pretty interesting, to say the least. And uh, it's, it, could, it could very well uh, end up that the, that the NFL shot, themself, shot themselves in the foot, you know, uh, not knowing that Kaepernick would file a grievance, uh, you know, by, by um, you know, conducting polls. Uh, so we'll, we'll just see how, we'll have to see how this uh, plays out. So now uh, switching gears to boxing and um, something political at the same time. Uh, President Donald Trump... Uh, granted former boxing heavyweight champion Jack Johnson a presidential pardon on Thursday, according to CBS News. Uh, Trump announced the pardon in the Oval Office at the White House, and he was flanked by former heavyweight champion Lennox Lewis, current heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder, and actor Sylvester Stallone. In 1913, Johnson was convicted of violating the Mann Act by taking a woman across state lines for, quote, immoral purposes. Johnson later married the woman. Johnson uh, fled the country after his sentencing, but he eventually returned, and served 10 months in prison. Johnson became the first African-American to win the heavyweight championship when he beat Tommy Burns in 1908. He went on to hold the title for over six years before losing it to Jess Willard in 1915. Johnson fought uh, you know, pretty commonly um, until 1932 before returning to the ring for one bout in 1938 and, com and competing in an exhibition fight in 1945. He finished his career with a 73-13-10 and 10 record, and he's widely considered, considered one of the best pound-for-pound -pound bo boxers of all time. Uh, the Galveston, Texas native, died at the age of 68 in 1946, and uh, there had been increased and there had been increased support for pardon in recent years, 
due to the notion that his prison sentence was racially motivated. And it, it probably was, but I don't really know much about, um, you know, the, the whole situation with him. But it, it's pretty cool that he got, you know, pardoned. So uh, now switching gears to the NBA. Uh, this story also has to do with the NFL National Anthem uh, and the new policy as well. Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr shared some strong words on the NFL's changes to its anthem policy when speaking to reporters today or earlier today via Mark Medina of the Mercury News. Quote, I think it's just a, it, I quote, I think it's just typical of the NFL. It's idiotic, but that's how the NFL has handled their business, Kerr said. On Wednesday, the NFL announced new rules, as I've been covering. Uh, quote, I'm proud to be in, in a league that understands patriotism in America is about free speech, about peacefully protesting, Kerr said of the NBA. The NBA does, does have a policy that requires players to stand for the national anthem, but the coach agreed with a question that noted NBA players have more of an outlet to speak about social issues. Quote, players, coaches, management, league management, we feel like we're all partners, he's, he added. While NFL players have kneeled during the national anthem as a protest against police brutality and racial injustice, the biggest stars in the NBA have seemingly gotten more of a chance to fully express their thoughts in interviews. Stars like LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and others, as well as coaches like Kerr and Greg Popovich, have been vocal in discussing such issues. Quote, I'm really proud of our players around the league for really being community leaders, Kerr said. So I think it's, it's pretty interesting how uh, Steve Kerr is calling out the NFL. Uh, even though the NBA has the same policy about standing for the anthem, but I do agree with Steve Kerr on the fact that um, you know the NBA, the players have much more freedom. The fines aren't as common. You know, you it's just much more much more relaxed in the NFL for sure. So another uh, story that has to do with the anthem uh, policy, the NFL's new policy requiring players and team personnel to, to stand for the national anthem reportedly didn't go to an official vote at the league's meetings. Per ESPN, the magazine Seth Wickersham, NFL executives knew how owners would vote after taking an unofficial poll, but they didn't conduct an official vote before passing the measure. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announced, um, you know, he announced the new policy on uh, on Wednesday. And um, yeah, I mean, this first of all, I just want to say that this uh, this whole issue or this new policy, I, I shouldn't say issue, it uh, is it's just so. So many people are talking about it, so that's why I'm covering it so much. Uh, so, anyway, teams will be subject to fines, as I've been covering, if players and personnel don't stand well on the field when the anthem is played. For NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, Goodell said the policy was, quote, unanimously ad adopted by all 32 teams. Uh, however, as I uh, covered in a previous episode, the, the owner of the San Francisco 49ers, Jed York, told reporters that he abstained from voting on the policy. Uh, the 49ers were the first team at the center of protesting during the National Anthem, with obviously Colin Kaepernick a couple years ago kneeling, as I've covered many, many times by now. Um, you know, so, you know, that's that. It's uh, it's interesting. It begs the question if um, if the owners voted to, to not make the players stand for the Anthem, but the NFL, you know, felt pressured by someone to um, to, to pass the, the policy anyway. So, uh, switching gears back to the NBA. Tom Izzo reportedly won't leave Michigan State University to become the new head coach of the Orlando Magic, according to Graham Couch of the Lansing State Journal. Michael Scotto of The Athletic reported earlier Thursday that the Magic expressed interest in, in hiring Izzo to fill their vacant head coaching position. Orlando fired Frank Vogel in April after he spent two seasons as the team's head coach. The Magic won 54 and 110 during, the, during his tenure, including a 25 and 57 mark this season. The 63-year-old Izzo has been MSU's head coach, since the 1995-96 season, and, and he's put together one of the most impressive resumes in college basketball during that time. 
He has a record of 574 and 225 with the Spartans, and he has led them to 21 consecutive NCAA tournament appearances. That includes seven Final Fours and one national championship. While Michigan State is among the premier college basketball programs, the university has been shrouded in controversy as of late, as I've been covering with Larry Nassar and things of that nature. In February, ESPN's Paul uh, Levine and Nicole Noren published a report regarding Michigan State football and basketball athletes having their arrest records covered up by the school. With Izzo reportedly out of the running, the Magic will turn their attention to other options as they look to end a six-year playoff drought. So, uh, personally, I'm not I'm not surprised that Izzo doesn't want the job in the Magic. I mean, who does? I mean, that's just... They're a rebuilding team, and he's successful in Michigan State, and he's he loves Michigan State, so I, I don't see why he should leave to the Magic. So, now another NBA story that uh, also has to do with the coaching change. Kristaps uh, Porzingis appears to to be all-in on the New York Knicks' coach of choice of David Fisdale as their new head coach. The Knicks star tweeted out his enthusiasm Thursday after having a phone conversation with Fisdale. Uh, quote, just had a, a great conversation on the phone with Coach Fizz. Man, I'm excited. Let's go. During the NBA Combine last week, Fisdale explained what his process will be, uh, will be like in attempting to build a relationship with Porzingis. Quote, I won't skip a step, he said per ESPN.com's Ian Begley. I'll spend a ton of time with he and, with him and his family. I want to hear their experience and what they see going forward for Kristaps and and how I can interject and help him in any way be, become uh, what I think he can be, which is an MVP caliber player. Porzingis' relationship with the Knicks has been up and down over the past three years. He skipped an exit meeting at the end of last season due to frustration with the drama surrounding the team and former president Phil Jackson. After making his first all-star team during the 2017-18 season, which was uh, this season, Porzingis' season came to an abrupt end on February 6th when he tore his ACL against the Milwaukee Bucks. Porzingis' doctor told Mark Berman of the New York Post in March he intends to have the 22-year-old ready for the 2018-19 season opener. Fisdale was hired by the Knicks on May 7th after New York spent New York, excuse me, went 29-53 under Jeff Hornacek last season. So again, as I uh, said uh, multiple times, I think that um, this was a great move for the Knicks, and it looks like Porzingis is... Uh, on board and Porzingis and and uh you know the Knicks organization and Fisdale they all see eye to eye so that's looking good um you know for those of you that don't know I support um you know the, the New York teams behind the LA teams so I'm, I'm a fan of the Knicks Giants um and um Yankees so as as a as a bit of a Knicks fan I love I love this this move and the whole situation with with Phil Jackson gone and Carmelo gone it's just it, it's looking it's starting to look good so anyway, another NBA story. Boston Celtics legend Paul Pierce said on Thursday today that Celtics rookie small forward Jason Tatum can join him as one of the best players in the storied franchise's history. Steve Bulpit of the Boston Herald provided comments from Pierce, who said he sees, quote, a lot of myself in him when watching Tatum consistently outsmart the opponent. Quote, I think he's going to be one of the great players in Celtic history, the 10-time NBA All-Star selection selection is said. Pierce contrasted Tatum's immediate postseason success with the struggles he witnessed from Philadelphia 76ers rookie sensation Ben Simmons when the teams faced off in the second round. Quote, it looked like the moment was too big for Simmons, he said. He was wide-eyed out there. He was wide-eyed out there. He looked confused. Uh, quote, he's an ultra-talent, but some players are made for the season and some are built for the playoffs, said Pierce, who played in 10 postseasons in 15 years as a Celtic. And Tatum is obviously built for the playoffs. He's not going to have the stats that these other guys like Donovan Mitchell have in Simmons, but you can tell he was made for the playoffs. He thrives in the playoffs. Tatum, who was the third overall pick in uh, the 2017 NBA draft, uh, has averaged 18.4 points, 4.3 rebounds, 
2.9 assists, and 1.2 steals in 17 playoff games. Uh, he's a key reason why the Celtics have continued to thrive, and they possess a 3-2 lead against the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals, despite the, absence of, despite the absences of Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Paul Pierce, who's an analyst uh, for ESPN, told Bullpit he's going to keep his distance while Boston tries to push toward an, another NBA title, which would increase his league record to 18, but he'll be in, co- in contact with the organization during the offseason about Tatum. Quote, no, I don't want to mess up this, his run, man. The team's, record, the, the team's second all-time leading scorer with 24,021 points said, he's fine. I would love to work with him, though, this summer. I'll probably call Danny, um, Danny uh, Ainge as the Celtics general manager and see if that's possible, but I would love to work with him. I see some things in his game where I know I could help. Tatum and the, and the Celtics will look to close out the Cavs in Game 6 on Friday night at Quicken Loans Arena and punch their ticket to the 2018 NBA Finals. So... Uh, that, the fact, I personally never expected the Celtics to make it this far. Even if they don't make the NBA Finals, I never expected them to to be in the in the conference finals against the Cavs, let alone be up 3-2 in the series against the Cavs. I mean, uh, they went seven games in the first round against the Milwaukee Bucks. So, um, I, mean, I just, they, they've been just unbelievable at home and pretty, 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 very bad on the road. So, but it's just still unbelievable that without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, they're doing this. I mean, when Kyrie and Gordon Hayward are back, man, the, the league needs to watch out. That's all I have to say. So now another NBA story. Damian Lillard is reportedly seeking another meeting with Portland Trailblazers owner Paul Allen. Per John Canzano of the Oregonian, one NBA front office source said Thursday that the all-star point guard has put in a request to speak with Allen. Quote, in fact, Lillard may have already requested a follow-up meeting with owner Paul Allen. The source indicated. Apparently, the source said Lillard's agent Aaron Goodwin is whispering as much. Um, if so, great, because Goodwin might seize uh, on the good news and utilize Thursday's All-NBA announcement to push uh, that Allen Lillard meeting into fruition. Canzano didn't provide details on what Lillard might have might have to say if he gets a meeting with Allen. ESPN.com's Chris Haynes reported in January that that the Blazers owner and, and superstar had a meeting to get on the same page about the franchise direction for the future. Quote, the two-time All-Star made it clear, though, that he has championships, championship aspirations and wanted to fulfill those lofty goals during the remaining years of his prime window, Haynes wrote. Lillard uh, was averaged 26.9 uh, points and 6.6 assists per game during the 2017-18 season, and he's owed, he's owed $89.4 million over the next three years in his current deal per spot track. The Blazers won the Northwest Division last season but for the first time in three years, but were swept in the first round of the playoffs by the New Orleans Pelicans. So, yeah, it was definitely a, a very a disappointing, uh, probably a very disappointing season for the Blazers. You know, um, you know, getting the three seed in the Western in the loaded Western Conference, only only to get swept by the six seeded New Orleans Pelicans. It's, uh, it's probably you know very unfortunate, or very upsetting, I should say. So now another NBA story: the All NBA teams have been revealed. The NBA has unveiled the players who make up the, the All-NBA team for the 2017-18 season. And the list is headlined by MVP finalists LeBron James, James Harden, and Anthony Davis on the first team. Per the official voting via Casey Johnson of the Chicago Tribune, James and Harden were the only unanimous selections. James set a new record with his 12th appearance on, on the All-NBA first team in 15 seasons, including 11 straight, dating back to 2007-8. Davis is the big winner from this year's All-NBA class. The New Orleans Pelicans star, who has made the list in two of the previous three seasons, will be eligible to sign a Supermax contract in the summer of 2019 that projects to be worth a record $230 million per ESPN's Bobby Marks. On the other hand, per uh, Jeff Seigel of Peachtree Sports, 
Philadelphia uh, 76er center Joel Embiid missed out on a chance to make 30% of the maximum salary cap next season by not making the first team. Reigning NBA MVP Russell Westbrook, who has uh, averaged triple-doubles in each of the past two seasons, was also forced to settle for being on the second team with Embiid. But, you know, tough, you know, a big deal. He's on the second team instead of the first team. Personally, this season, I just don't think that Russell Westbrook de- deserves to be on the first team as much as the guys that made the first team. You know, that, that, that's all there is to it, in my opinion. And uh, now, uh, covering the, um, you know, the long-anticipated Game 5 between the Houston Rockets and Golden State Warriors. The Houston Rockets won by a score of 98-94. to 94. What a game. It was, an, it was an amazing game. Houston now leads the series 3-2. Uh, I thought Golden State would win this game personally and close it out in, um, you know, Game 6 in Oakland. But uh, Stephen A. Smith of ESPN, you were wrong. Uh, he said that Golden State would take it in six games. I thought personally going into the series that Golden State would take it in seven games. Um, but right now, Houston has the advantage, man. I mean, Golden State can still take it in seven, but, uh, you know, they, they have to win game six in, in uh, Golden State and then take game seven on the road in the hot, in the hostile Houston crowd. That's, uh, that's very unlikely. In fact, the hot take that I was talking about, what I think is going to happen, it's a bold take, but I'm saying that Houston is going to take game six in Golden State and shock the world by, by winning the series in Golden State. I just think it's going to happen. Um, you know, Golden State has been pretty known to to not collapse, but kind of not show up at the end of um, at the end of big games, like the fourth quarter of big games in Oracle Arena at home. Uh, we, we saw that in Game Seven of the 2016 NBA Finals in um, against the Cavs, and uh, it also happened in Game Four of this series. Uh, you know, the end of the game, they had multiple opportunities, they couldn't couldn't come through. So my hot take is the Rockets are winning this series in six games. It's going to happen, I'm telling you. So, that's all we have for the breaking news in sports. You just heard my hot take. Now, we're going to be covering the Los Angeles sports teams, starting with the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers, they did not play today. Their next game is tomorrow at 7.10 p.m. Pacific, 10.10 p.m. Eastern against the San Diego Padres. They open a three-game home uh, home series against the Padres. That should be a sweep, in my opinion. But you never, you never know in baseball. You just you, impossible to tell. Now the Angels, on the other hand, the Angels played an early game today. They played at 9 a.m. Pacific today. They beat the Toronto Blue Jays 8 to 1. Uh, so the Angels now improved to 28 and 22, and the Blue Jays fall to 23 and 27. And uh, the Angels uh, win this series against the Blue Jays, taking the uh, the final two of the three games, losing the losing the opener. So now the Angels' next game is tomorrow at 4:05 p.m. Pacific. 7:05 p.m. Eastern against the Red Hot New York Yankees, who, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, are the number one team in, in the Major League Baseball. So that should be a fun series to watch. Now taking a look at the MLB standings, starting with the NL West and the Dodgers. The Dodgers are a game and a half behind the Giants for third place, three games behind the Diamondbacks for second place, and only three and a half games behind the Rockies for first place. So now. Taking a look at the record of the NL West teams of their last 10 games from worst to best. Uh, the Arizona, the second place Diamondbacks are 1-9 and nine in their last 10. Uh, the first place Rockies are 4-6 and six in their last 10. While the third place Giants are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. And the fourth place Dodgers and fifth place Padres are 6-4 and four in their last 10. So again, interesting how the bottom two teams have the best records in the division in the last 10 games. 
Now the Angels, on the other hand, are a game and a half behind the Seattle Seattle Mariners for second place and four and a half games behind the Houston Astros for first place. At the same time, however, they are only two games ahead of the Oakland Athletics for holding on to third place. So now taking a look at the records of the AL West, uh, the uh, third place Angels and fifth place Rangers are four and six in their last ten, while the fourth place Athletics and set second place Seattle Mariners are seven and three in their, in their last ten, and the first place Houston Astros are red hot eight and two in their last ten games. So that's that. Now covering the LA Galaxy, their next game is tomorrow, Friday night at eight p.m. Pacific. 11 p.m. Eastern against the San Jose Earthquakes. And LAFC's next game is this Saturday, May 26th at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern against DC United. So that's all we have for this episode of Sean Sports Show. Thank you so much for listening. Let me know. uh, Message me on whatever social media, what you thought of my hot take. What do you think of it? Do you think it's going to happen? Uh, you know, what do you think of the playoffs? What do you think of sports in general? How do you like the podcast? So, yeah, so just give me any feedback. All feedback is appreciated. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Episode 80 is next.